Welcome to the IP2 Podcast. I'm Shay Ashby, and as always, I'm joined by Felix Chung. Felix, how's it going tonight? Hey, Shay. I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to boot up the time machine and take us all the way back to January for the start of our year in review. Dynasty was the meta, and the only three heroes that were LL'd were Prism and Chain and Starvo. So Olden was legal, Lexi and Icelander, and Briar as well, still legal at the time. And man, it feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think, was that the time when like Crown of Seeds was a problem? Okay, some would say Crown of Seeds was always a problem and is still a problem. Like, so living <laughs> rent-free in people's heads. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always been there. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's Stuff's always around until somebody figures a way to abuse it. But yeah, um, I mean, I, like I enjoyed that meta. I'm an Icelander player, so I... Yep. I was quite fond of that meta. It was also pre um, Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia bands. I, I remember listening to Michael Hamilton's deck tech for Bullander after his win, uh, just on his MNR podcast and sleeving up the deck. And man, that was fun. Slinging spells, stopping people in the middle of their turn with Hypothermia. Oof. Oh, man. It's... <laughs> it. <laughs> It's a high. Oh, I, I mean, I've told this story before. Um, I probably even told it uh, on the podcast, but I don't really remember. Um, at one of the um, ProQuests, mm-hmm. we, um, I was playing Icelander, and my round five opponent was Katsu. And he, I think he was on like a, like a Crouching Tiger Katsu. Yep. And he... I had uh, disrupted him a little bit on on his turn and his follow-up, or sorry, on my turn. And then so his turn was very kind of mediocre, so I took a bunch of damage and I had a hypothermia I chose not to play. Yep. And then he ate whatever I did on my turn and had a five-card hand, played Art of War, I think one Predatory Streak, maybe a Roar of the Tiger to make like, a shitload of tigers and they yep. were going to come in for like uh plus two yep. legit. This was probably a game defining moment. Probably would have won the game, not specifically like in that moment, maybe, yep. but I would have been on the back foot and he did the age old start of the combat chain. After playing all of his cards, he went Kadachi for one. And Uh-oh. I just sat there for a minute. I felt like the awfulest person in the world, but also I was like a little child inside. I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> and you know, he had like five, six, seven tigers that were going to come at me. And I just like hypothermia. And it was just like, Oh, that hurts, man. Shouldn't have Kadachi. Nope. <laughs> know what your opponent's outs are. Oh man. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did feel bad. I mean, it was like round five of the, the pro quest though. So yeah, I don't. I don't remember if it was a win in it or not. Yeah, that's my cat. Yep. Um, Very yeah. Very yeah. Yeah, he is. He's being mouthy. <laughs> All good. All good. Yeah. And I mean, January we started off in in PQ season. Um, do you remember that at all? It feels like ancient history. I, I had to dig through Gem to yeah to figure out what happened. I remember I played Oldham. Turns out I got top eight and I lost to Travis. Um, Travis has kicked me out of a lot of events in Top Cut um, over this year. Um, big shout out to him. He started uh, posting to his YouTube channel actually really great analysis of of art in Flesh and Blood and getting in touch with the artists and all of that. We'll put a link to his channel 
in the description. But yeah, um, that's what I remember about PQ season three. Um, felt feels so long ago. What about you? Yeah, you're you're right. Like I, when you would kind of mention that we should do this, I was like, I I, I don't know. That was so long ago. Yeah, like you, I went back into Jam to see sort of what events were happening. Um, I do keep track of deck lists that I do well at events with. Sure. Just I like I like stats and numbers and stuff. It just also sort of like a snapshot of what I was playing two years ago. Be like, oh wow, like these cards, like Amulet of Ice or Seeds, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also looked at photos in my phone. I try to take pictures of people at the event, the yep. sta- standings at the end of Swiss kind of thing to see see where things were at. Um, but yeah, like like you, it was it was it was hard to f- figure out what happened in January. Um, I know I did judge, um, one of the pro quests yep. and play, went down to Lethbridge where I finished, that was the, the Katsu example that I was giving was there. Uh, I made it right. to the finals with Icelander there, um, and placed second, right. uh, to Carl. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Um, and I remember right after that PQ season just rolling on a little bit in the year, we we saw a bunch of bands, uh, Belittle, Winter's Whale, and that that was the last big event I got to say Frosty Hammer, because um, mm-hmm. it was nothing but fist uh, from there on out. Uh, <laughs> Fisting for four. That's right. Um, <laughs> and Amulet of Ice and Hypothermia aided as well. Maybe they heard about what you did in Lethbridge and just had yeah, to I doubt it out of there. Yeah, but I think the stories rang across the game then. Yeah how impactful those two cards were and what they did. And like, that's those cards were like the reason I was so uh, drawn into somebody like Icelander. Yeah. Like you have a plan and I want to hose your plan like that. I like, I always said it felt bad to play against my friends in practice. I felt like a bad person. Yeah. Um, But against, you know, somebody in a tournament of meaning, I was like, yeah, I want to ruin your day. (laughs) You, You are a thief of joy. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah yeah all right there was uh, a moment that i didn't expect that happened and it was truly an honoring moment uh you had concocted some really cool stuff for the ogres pro quest um with like uh prizes i think that's where we started doing the loser gets two two tickets or whatever towards um prizes at the end of the event right i think yeah, do you want to explain that a little bit more? Yeah. You guys um at Ogres would have a bunch of door prizes and the loser of each round got a ticket that they could put in towards one of the door prizes at the end of the event, which I thought was a really cool uh and engaging way to keep people playing the game and not just like mm. X3 scrubbing out or whatever and then leaving. It gave some incentive to play and like we always talk about not always rewarding the top end people of the day. So people that were struggling could still have something to look forward to. So I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah. And the, I mean the, the prizes from LSS at a PQ or RTN are very top heavy. Yeah. So it, it's reasonable to us in our community to have a little bit more of an incentive towards random pricing. Um, just to keep people engaged, to give people more of a chance of, of walking away a winner. So yeah. Um, I also remember we had a community vote uh, trophy, and you won, Shay. You were voted yeah, as a member of our community. 
<laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of what I was alluding to at this at the start yeah. of this was that um never would have saw it coming. Um the idea was really neat that you came up with. I thought that, but to get an award from the community I guess speaks volumes to how people perceive you cuz like I don't know what people think of me and to have, you know, the most votes of the, the people's choice for the community was yeah, really honoring and I was shocked honestly i never saw it coming yeah no it's a uh, very very well deserved um yeah we we always have a good time with our tier two events they're always we we try to make them a celebration of the community and and give back to everyone not just the winners so yeah i think uh i think season three pro quest was definitely a highlight uh for for a lot of those reasons yeah for sure well move on to february um couple things more in in my realm uh this is where i managed to go to the calling indianapolis uh just to judge in my first big event met a lot of cool people there including fred including ryan and so many others um so that went really well um man i i love traveling down to uh the usa the food is so good mm-hmm. um maybe i just don't know where to look uh <laughs> the best when i'm traveling around canada but i always eat well down in the states and uh yeah did that and i became a level two judge um in february as well because you know out of the two of us i am more of a serial exam taker and certification (laughs) taker so you know i get i get anxiety from exams man uh it doesn't matter what it is even if i'm i know what i'm doing i'm still nervous it's a challenge that you can overcome put it that way sure i'll, yeah. I'll try and look at it the next way next time <laughs> i i come to an exam can you can you quickly like describe to us kind of like what it was like so first of all um what prompted you to do it and then a little bit of what the process was like yeah for sure uh, a couple things um what prompted me to do it i just wanted some more experience um at large events because whatever you learn in those events i can take back to my local community and just see if there's anything better that I can be doing. And of course, share those lessons with you and everyone. Like that was the number one reason why Uh, the second reason was to get that level two certification, because I heard in the long term, a level two certification would be required to judge um, tier two events. Now, uh, I I just wanted one of us, frankly, to have that. So then one of us could help the other and we could continue to you know, serve the community and, and spread that knowledge uh, to whoever uh, mm. wanted it. So that, that was the big push uh, for me. And yeah, the, the event itself was awesome and really, really grew a love of judging within me um, much more than I would have thought and was really, in a way, one of the big reasons why this podcast got started. Awesome. And then yeah. March, Outsiders came out, which came with two new heroes, Riptide yep. and Azuri, along with mainstays like Benji, Katsu, and Azalea, mm-hmm. and Arachne. I guess we did kind of get a, a second Arachne, Arachne 1.5. Still a little bit sad that Solitary Confinement is not in CC. It is... They are such a fun hero. Just uh, so many reactions, attack actions with Go mm-hmm. Again. I, I love that playstyle. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't um, delved too much into it. I, I definitely should try solitary confinement because um, it does look, you know, easy go again. That's pretty, pretty nice. And then 
kind of like I was really interested into Arachne when they um, came out. Just again, my kind of uh, gameplay of taxing my opponent no matter what I do. I get a, I get a card from you, whether you block or you let me hit you. We're getting cards, so yeah. I I remember also uh, a couple things. I remember Codex of Frailty hitting prime time and lot of lot of people upset about codex of frailty and uh, <laughs> yeah I, I saw this meme i think it became a copy pasta on uh on facebook from like i'm quitting the game because azalea is the best hero i don't know yeah these these random things stick in my head um azalea became very good but a little bit off the mark about what the the real best hero was um from outsiders forward yeah definitely later in the year we find out who really got some fire <laughs> from the set. <laughs> That's right. Um, I mean, April rose around. Um, that's when we started our podcast. I mean, we started talking about it in March, I think. Um, yep. And it's been 31 episodes in since April. Um, again, doesn't feel like it's been that long feels like it's been longer and shorter at the same time yeah it's kind of weird like that i feel the same way that i can't believe we've done 31 episodes and i can't yep. believe it feels like it's we've been doing it for a long time yep um i don't know D- did you want to tell our listeners i don't know if we've ever told them how we got started with the podcast why why we're here today do you i think okay so there's a. Uh... The real story is that PT Baltimore had announced that there would be something about the collation of the packs between the US, the Belgian print and the Japanese print. Yeah. And, it, you know, I forget the specifics, but what I do remember was that every single podcast that I was listening to whenever this was january or february whenever they made the announcement all i could hear about was how certain people were not happy that the collation of the packs at pt baltimore were one way or another and i could not get away from it and all i could think was this is an issue that has an impact on maybe 500 to 700 people but there are thousands of people that play Flesh and Blood. Um, I am usually not very motivated by negative things like, you know, hey, I'll show you or you really pissed me off. But Mm. uh, this is in a strange way, like just because I couldn't find content, like even casual podcasts were weighing in on the issue like hey what do you think about lss's response to the collation issue do you think they should commit to just one pack or another is that fair to people from one region that can't get the other printing how are these pro players going to practice like i understand it's very important to those players but to me and to many people that are not competing in the pro tour it's not it's fine to listen for a little bit but you know to have every single podcast talking about it was a little bit much for me so yeah spite is a great movie tldr our podcast was founded out of spite so (laughs) (laughs) that anger continues to drive us to this day (laughs) how long have you been sitting on it before you had reached out because so felix reached out to me one night he was just like 
do you want to start start a podcast? That was it. That was the line. And I was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly, once an idea gets in my head, it doesn't take long for it to gain some momentum. And I, I did a little bit of sketching out just in Google Drive before reaching out to you. And from there, it took off. We talked about different names. You were the one that really liked IP2 podcast. Mm-hmm. I think my first idea was like Heralds of Erudition. Erudition is like sure, knowledge yeah. and stuff. But I like IP2. Like yeah, I like IP2 catchy. as well. It's fab specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that happened in april any other memories for from april (laughs) no i mean i think pt baltimore happened in april it did um and we had three pro quests so we sent three people from alberta yep Uh, they all happened to be from edmonton i believe i think it was andrew adam and brandon that went to pt baltimore Mm -hmm. to play specifically in the pt i know a bunch of other people went to play in the calling that happened as well yep um but neither you nor I went, so it's not much of a memory for us, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. Um, we also had a skirmish season in April. I do remember this one because normally oh, yeah. I bomb at skirmishes. I'm really bad at Blitz, uh, especially. Um, but I, I did make the finals of one of them, and then I lost to Travis, as usual. He's a very good player. So. <laughs> as, as you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I also... Um... I made second in one of them. Uh, at this okay. point, I feel like I'm a a bridesmaid and never a bride. At this point, always getting second. Well, at least you're you're up there pretty consistently. Um, <laughs> Sometimes for skirmishes, especially. Um, rolling into May, RTN season. Um, no. Uh, looking back at results, there were none. So not well. I don't think I generally perform well at RTN season, um, but I do get to judge them. Mm-hmm. So I get to provide that service for the community so that we can have those events. And that's that's totally what I'm on board for. So I got to judge one of uh, the one RTN that we had because we only had one here. Only one in Calgary, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And what happened at that one RTN, Felix? Uh, I made it to Top Cot and then I lost to Travis. So... <laughs> this is the theme of the year very good player <laughs> but then uh, went up to oh, man yeah went up to leduc and uh i was carried by oldham in that one i just got paired into nothing but lexis and uh turns out crowd of seeds and you know 9d reacts is pretty good so yeah i mean sure maybe you got carried by oldham but you you targeted a meta with a specific hero and deck mm-hmm. and it panned out for you Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, it, I, I miss Oldham. I, I do. And uh, yeah, very thankful to be on the roll of honor there. Um, yeah. What happened next? June, I don't think we found much. It was July, Dusk Till Dawn dropped with uh, Prism and, and Vincent. Do you remember yeah. anything about uh, that set release? I remember all the Prism stands being super excited that Prism mm-hmm. was coming back. Uh, myself included i'm not gonna i'm part of that club yep um so and the marvels that came out for the set absolutely gorgeous pieces of oh, art yeah. uh, uh some of the best cards i think they've ever produced in flesh and blood uh, as far as style um 
Yeah, I think and this, I, there were quite a few people. Quite we have quite a few Runeblade players here, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people were super excited with Vincent as well. Yeah, that's kind of sure. like what I remember. How about you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, very similar to you. Um, I know Prism and Vincent both came out. They both seemed very complicated and. Mm-hmm. It was during a time in my life where there was a lot of stuff going on. So I unfortunately didn't end up getting too invested in either of them, right. um, especially when it seemed like both of their ta- power levels were not going to be right at the top at release, which is fine. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little bit quieter for me. Um, I, I completely agree, though. The, the Marvel's um, really nice, uh, I- including the equipment, too. Uh, you know the Marvel equipment, the Rapture, the and the uh, what was the, the other one? The carapace? Carapace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super the nice. extended arts, yeah, that's yep. so good. Yeah, I think also in uh, July, Oldham LL'd. Yeah, um, rest in peace, Oldham. Can't wait for uh, new Oldham. I I don't know if he's going to come back. Uh, I don't know, or if he'll be replaced by uh, a less toxic guardian. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see if we get a youngum. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. at the time, Bullseye Bracer gets banned. I think uh, Lexi uh, was already on a tear. Yeah. Um, but they, I think LSS saw the writing on the walls with uh, Lexi and they banned my gold foil. Yeah. I tried to sell it for tens of thousands of dollars because you know it's what powerful. it's worth. I, exactly. You know I have. know what it's worth. Yeah. And uh, so, no takers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty much about it there. Uh, yeah. Then we roll into August into skirmish season seven. Yeah, and I don't remember much about this. I remember Andrew came down, and no one thought to tell me that he was going to come down to terrorize us. And As I he brought does. Prism. Yeah, I brought Prism to a skirmish. He brought Chain, and as soon as I saw him walk in the door, I'm like, man. Someone should have told me about this. How did I not hear about this? I would have brought something differently. Yeah, you and me both. I didn't really have anything on the docket, so I also played Prism. Yeah. Um, And speaking of um, Prism simping, uh, CF Genesis was the the card du jour at the time, so I really Uh wanted to try and get my hands on three of them. Uh, My favorite moment, I guess, is the photo we took at the end of the day with me kind of choking him. Cause he got the, the Genesis at the end over me. Uh, you and I had a really fun game that day too, uh, in the top four. Yeah, we did. You always beat me somehow. I don't, don't think so. That's not what the numbers show. <laughs> yeah. So man. Oh boy. Did you end up getting your, your three Genesises? I did get my three Genesi cool i ended up i did get the one from andrew we made some trades to happen so excellent i got the one andrew and then i think we went down to adrian and thomas and i we went down to uh lethbridge oh yeah and uh i don't know if that's where two of them came from but i definitely got one of them from one of them okay so that was sort of sort of was the run was to go get some more genesis and have some fun and Take more prizes from Lethbridge as we do, it seems like. Sorry. Very Lethbridge. unkind of you. I know, it is. Andrew comes, Edmonton comes down and steals ours. So we go sometimes. down to Lethbridge and steal theirs. Fair yeah, enough. sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, 
yeah august was also vegas which was top highlight probably well one of them for me um of the year so we did a whole episode with andrew on that so don't need to go into it too much but uh, yeah amazing time the highlight was the food right oh so much food <laughs> um uh, yeah, September was Canadian Nationals, which you also went to. Yeah, um, awesome, awesome event. My first uh, head judge gig for a large event as well. So all and got to, yeah, just really get hands on and get stuck in there with uh, with a great team there with Fred. Got to see a lot of people from all across Canada and all in all, really, really great time there. Um, another highlight of the year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And at this time, too, I think, what was it? Briar was sitting at 999 LL points or 998, something like that. Something something like that. Like There's, that. Uh, was it Briar Gate or something? Or, or no, it was yeah, yeah. No, Briar was almost, yeah, 998, but she had already been LL'd at US Nats. You remember uh, Fatigue Briar? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. Briar was already LL'd, but not banned. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also had the Professor Talarian Community College uh, Round the Table box released in September. So would you say that was like Flesh and Blood's first big like supplemental product? Like I know there's been some like Blitz decks and the RVD stuff, but yeah. this was like a big like release. Yeah, I think so. Um, RVD, I think, was their was was their pilot right sure and i think they took a lot of feedback from how that was received and what it offered and what people got and they redesigned i think they came back to the table with rtt and they did a really good job so yeah yep. it seemed to fit the bill of what they're trying to market better yep um and so yeah i think they put out a really good product uh this go around uh, people are really excited about it yeah and we've had the chance to play a few games of rtt um at community days just <laughs> casually it's a riot i love it um, oh man so much fun i am not a guardian player and i don't save people uh i save oh. my chivalries for hammer for four at the end of the game <laughs> you you are a thief of joy <laughs> you play your play your aura uh-huh. uh, for plus five or plus six or whatever it is and then you smash somebody for like 13 or 14 on the next go around but like and most you... of the auras don't have go again like who are you blocking for Nobody. So I'm saying I saved all my chivalries till the end of the game. I think at the end of the game at the last community day, I had like eight chivalries in my deck still. And I think you start with 12. I see. <laughs> okay. okay. We learned Ooh. a few things that game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're going to move ridiculous. on before I, I pop a blood vessel here. Sure. Uh, uh, Bright Lights, yeah, came out in October. So dash dash io max teclo what did you think like so as i mentioned before i'm not a mech player yeah uh, and kind of didn't really care for the constructed side but i was super excited for the limited side and we're yeah. not limited i'm not a limited player um but i thought what this set could do for people that aren't into limited was going to be really good that fact yep. that every card is playable sure i think if you play limited enough you'll cards will start to feel like for certain heroes but yep. you can if you know something's going around the table you can 
take it from somebody and still use it. Like it's not a wasted pick. I always get um, Travis always gives me a hard time about hate drafting, uh, which is fair, I think. Um, but in this in in the set, you can kind of take stuff and still get some value out of it, which I thought was really sure. cool. So I was super excited about that, as well as um, Mech had been sort of denied for like three years. So to see a full like two hundred plus cards get devoted yep. to them, happy for those Mech players. So that's kind of like my thoughts around it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, bright lights, just seeing how creative they can get within a single class between Dash, especially Dash with the mechanic of looking at the top of your deck and playing at instant speed on your own turn um, and just seeing how different they can make mechs. Like, it's not just three copies of Dash. It's very unique mechanologists that all feel like mechanologists but at the same time are very distinct. It makes me very excited actually for the possibilities of the other classes as well, just to see mm-hmm. how much design space that there is. Now, granted, mechanologists are quite unique. They have permanence. Like I'm not expecting that every single class is as broad or has as much design space, but right. still it's more than I thought, way more than I thought. Mm-hmm. So that's my big impression of Bright Lights. Yeah. So November PQ season four, man, a lot of, a lot of um, OP this year, like yeah, local tons. level OP. So and really they're good stuff. ramping it up as we know for next year too. Yeah. Can't wait. Yep. Um, I mean, this, this was not that long ago. You must have some memories of this. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Not really sort of the whole Riptide deal, I think. We've spoken top four at. with Riptide, you're not. I mean, <laughs> like I'd, I'd still be yelling that from the rooftops. <laughs> like if that was me. You, man, I'm still excited to play this hero. I, uh, yeah, I just want to build him in Blitz and in CC. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he's actually not actually he's playable and viable. Yep. Uh, into the meta again, you have bad matchups, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so. I, yeah, I'm super proud of making a top four with, with Riptide, an underrated yep. hero at this time. Your top four with Riptide, my top four for Dromai, showing that we are equal skilled players. Um, are we? At this game. Are we? Are you comparing <laughs> Riptide and Dromai on the same playing field? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm not taking any further questions. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, we also had the Battle Harden in Vancouver yep. uh, in November as well, which... I think we had 13 people from Alberta go to awesome. Which I think was an awesome showing, um, you know, some really good, really good performances again from, you know, you hear Andrew's name all the time. Travis yep. made top eight uh, yep. at the battle hardened, which is amazing. Uh, just super good. Un- unbelievable for him to, to get there. It was, a, it was a lot of fun, man. It was like, Probably one of my highlights of the year. Uh, It's the first and only time that I got to travel outside of uh, Alberta for an event. And, you know, getting to just hang out with Arthur and Adrian and, you know, all the people that went. And Travis, who had uh, first time I ever had um, Korean barbecue, uh, hot pot. Sorry, it was hot pot. Yeah. This this um, fact is unbelievable to me. Like we we live in a city with so much good hot pot and Korean barbecue. Like, yeah, big fan of Korean barbecue. Yeah. Hot pot, eh? It didn't do it for me, but I'm not against trying it again. We're we're never gonna speak again. Okay, that's fine. 
This is uh, also the final episode of the IP2 podcast. <laughs> oh man, I it, I mean I I talk about it all the time. I play this game for the social aspect of it. Yeah. Like it is a fun game, but the memories are made with the people and going to Vancouver and seeing you know people play well and meeting people again that I hadn't seen in a long time and spending time with people uh, members of our community was community was yeah like I just so grateful that i got the opportunity to go yeah so we also had barcelona in november i think a couple people locally managed to go make a vacation out of it i i didn't unfortunately uh how could you remember anything about that (laughs) that (laughs) world championship no five one that was the big oh yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. oh so i i thought it was a really amazing story um i don't know much about alexandros mm-hmm. um but you and i had a discussion a long time ago we were talking about um i don't know performing in, uh in the game oh, it was around the time that sean won i was kind of talking yep. about you know what does it mean to have somebody like sean win a game or to win a rtn yep to win an rtn somebody that isn't as dedicated as a lot of people gets games in when he can plays a little bit of talishar uh, but there's people out there that put in way more time. And what does it mean? And really turning me on to the idea of uh, how beneficial that is and how, you know, being like a, a hero specialist yep. can, how impactful that can be and how you can get, a, I guess, get away with not putting as much time into the game if you don't have to, because uh, you can still find success. Because my initial thought around something like that, you know, is like, well, what does that mean for the community? Are we, you know, maybe not as good as we think we are? And that's that's totally not true. Because like, you take a look at Alexandros, who I think won his first RTN a few months before, and then he goes on and wins Worlds. Like, that's an amazing feat. That's really awesome to see that people can achieve such an amazing feat in a short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you you don't have to be a famous player or have a ton of results. Like any day could be your day. Like yeah. there's so many very good, very dedicated players that are just one break away or an unlucky hand away from putting up a huge result. Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference maker on on a lot of days. So yeah, that's the the big story for me. Yeah, um, for sure. Remember seeing, um, or in November we also had Lexi and Icelander leaving the format so the end of the ice age um sad times for for some for, happy for times both of for us many. yeah <laughs> i mean my ice hero left uh a while back well, a little uh, earlier yeah yeah but one year all of the ice goes yeah truly truly climate change uh we're seeing the effects on on wraith uh, you know it's i was super like, i always try to be positive of change like change is good yeah. um, and i like change i like uh when new heroes come out like i've, I've said that most of the time i'm always jumping on a new hero um but i have felt lost a couple of times this year when icelander went ll and blitz and then later in cc just to not not have the option i think yep. is part of what gets to me is like yeah maybe i wasn't actually towards uh, the end of adult um icelander i wasn't playing her um, yep. But after she yelled, I was like, well, now I can't. And that actually impacts me more because I like I, I just can't do it. So, 
yeah, it's kind of kind of sad, but also I do I do appreciate that we have the rotation and that it forces to play something new, man, and and learn new stuff. You'll find something new out there. Yeah, absolutely. I I do have a soft spot for Lexi from the pre Outsiders era as well because when she was not the best deck in format, she was a very good targeted tool. Yes. For if you suspect that the meta is going overly aggressive. It's full of decks that don't handle disruption well. Um, she would just go in and mop everyone up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I, I do have a soft spot for for that playstyle. Um, yeah, um, guess we round out the year with skirmish season eight and a whole schwack of blitz LLs. Yeah, uh, when they doubled the. Uh, LL points per yep. uh, win, as well as the update happened every Monday. So yep. I, it was an interesting decision by LSS. And again, in the end, I really enjoyed it. I liked as stressful as the unknown was of what you're going to walk into. Yep. It was also refreshing, I think. Um, yep. As a as a person who's like well entrenched into the game, I really liked it because... Uh, you just didn't know, and anybody could have their day. I do feel for those that um, people that are less entrenched in the game, I guess, where you know they want to show up with a chain or a Kasai, and all of a sudden they're being told that they can't, and they're like, "Well, yeah. I guess I'm not playing this game anymore because this is the only thing that I like and the only thing I have." So I do feel for that side, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, you got to make a decision somewhere, right? Yeah, that's right. And and what's the balance between people in that situation versus people that are saying, I'm I'm not going to play at this event because it's week three of being dunked on by Chan and Kasai. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all yeah. a balance. It's no win. Yeah. Yeah. So any any standouts for uh, skirmish season eight for you? No, I'm terrible at skirmishes. How about you? <laughs> um, yeah, again, I th- we covered this before, but uh, went down to Lethbridge and I won a skirmish uh, on Riptide. Yep. Uh Again, are, took a bun- bunch of prizes from the guys in Lethbridge, the people in Lethbridge. Are you the only person that has Riptide LL points? Or No, I am not. Oh. There was 28 LL points gained mm. in Season 8. So seven people. You are one of seven. Yeah. Crazy. And Isaiah's, Isaiah took my list uh, like the day, next day or next weekend yep. in Kelowna, and he won uh, a skirmish on, on Riptide with my list. Okay, so... Yeah. Your, your lists are two out of seven. Truly, <laughs> yeah. So truly that, I mean, that felt, that felt pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. I know. Wow. Yeah. We, we walked through the whole year there. Um, 41 any... minutes. That's all right. <laughs> it was a, it was a big year. A lot happened. It was. I mean, anything, anything besides what we covered that stands out to you? Yeah. Way back in December of 2022, um, I embarked on a project with my daughter, Alora. Yep. Um, it was the holidays. Just looking for something to do with her. And I asked her if she wanted to help me make my Icelander deck um, by making her own drawings. And she said, yeah. So I spent a bunch of time measuring out card and cutting 50 some pieces of paper to the size of a card. So it would fit over top of a card and drew a border and all the pitches and the text, uh, all, uh, damage on 
40 Icelander cards plus equipment. And she drew, uh, had her draw on all of them. So if she didn't understand something like this is where the Coronet Peak story came from. Right. Uh, she didn't understand what a word was. I would describe it to her. And she took her own interpretation of the cards and drew on them. And that was a really fun project. It, it finished in sometime in January. Uh, we did a bunch of cards and then put it down for a couple of weeks. And then I wanted to get it finished. So we finished it out. And it was a lot of work. Um, and posted it to Twitter. And uh, one person said that he really liked it. And he's offered to commission her services. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really interesting time. So that was probably one of the biggest highlights for me of the year was... Um, getting that kind of engagement with my daughter and flesh and blood at the same time. Yeah. Like it's so appropriate because you, your family is incredibly important to you, uh, your wife and your daughter. And it's very appropriate that your top highlights or the one that stands out to you is something that you did with her. And yeah, mm -hmm. those cards are adorable. Like, yeah, irreplaceable. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure they're on the thumbnail or something like that. Um, late sure. and, uh, later in the year, she actually, when, she asked if I was still using the cards. I had to tell her, I was like, no, the hero's banned. I can't play her anymore in this format. And she's like, well, what about the other format? And I was like, I guess we could do another 40 cards. <laughs> but yeah, why not? Uh, we, we, we haven't. Um, so, but I have been thinking about maybe taking on the project again with maybe a different hero. And so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, that's, that's how, sweet. How about you? Was there anything else that we didn't cover specifically in the review? Well, I'm sure for both of us, you know, countless armories and hanging out in each other's houses and other people's houses and after and before events in stores. So that's super important to us. Um, but if for an individual highlight, just again, getting my L2 certification for judging and just being way more involved with the overall judge program, including presenting at a conference and you know, going to three tier three plus events. Um, and yeah, that community just as positive and lovely as the player community. And yeah, just really looking forward to getting more and more stuck in with that community as well. Yeah. There, there was one other thing that I was thinking about too, that yeah. was sort of a highlight. And again, it goes into with community and social aspect yeah. are the road trips between these, between Lethbridge and Edmonton that, that we do. That I'm again, I'm grateful that I get to go to, and uh, you know, we've talked about that you're a big proponent of getting people in vehicles, making sure we're carpooling with as many people as we can. Yep. And you know, uh, creating new friendships and bonds with the the people that we're traveling with. It's been a lot of fun. That's another kind of highlight that I kind of I don't want to say forgot, but sort of missed when we were talking about this. The the best thing about all of our trips um, is win or lose. Um, just getting together with the other cars, making the trip somewhere halfway and having a dinner. Doesn't have to yeah. be fancy. It's not about that. It's just about 12 nerdy card players, like just roll up to a random pizza joint and uh, having yeah. a good time. Like, and just recounting great. the day, you know, that's yeah. that's a really good opportunity where, you know, if you got a chance to watch somebody else's games, like really yeah. sort of like pump them up, be like, oh man, I watched you do this thing and it was awesome. Or congratulations on whatever, you know, result you had for the day. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just a great bonding experience. So much yep. fun. Absolutely. So looking back at the year, three sets, Outsiders, Dust Till Dawn, and uh, Bright Lights. Favorite, least favorite? Do you want to rank them? 
What I do don't you know. Think? Um, for me, I mean, it's I think it's pretty easy to rank them. Um, in that order, actually, I thought prior to actually getting Dust Till Dawn, I would have said Dust Till Dawn because Prism was coming back. But yep. the amount of fun that I've been having with Riptide throughout the whole year, uh, I'd have to say Outsiders was my favorite set of the, the year. And then Dust Till Dawn because it did support Illusionist, which I'm a big fan of as well. Yep. And then Evo for Constructed. Um but, you know, I think I really enjoy the Bright Lights uh, limited aspect over um, Outsiders. They're, they feel very similar in that they're very fatiguey. But uh, I like that it's a lot harder to read the table, I think, uh, in Bright Lights. And it's way more dynamic than Outsiders. Yep. Nope, that's, that's very fair. Uh, my own order would be Bright Lights, then Outsiders, then Dust Till Dawn. Um, Dust Till Dawn, unfortunately, just is a supplemental. Yep. Um, and the ramifications of that set, I'm sure, will be felt um, years and years down the line. Um, so maybe less of an immediate impact for Dust Till Dawn and really looking forward to see how Vincent and Levia Redeemed and Prism will grow and expand in the coming years. So this could change. Um, but yeah, super impressed with the uh, limited format in Bright Lights, some of my favorite games. Again, I love how every card matters, how the attack, the defense, and the value of each card is relevant. Yep. Um, and Outsider's just a solid set, amazing set. Azuri, amazing design um, for heroes, so much fun. Like, it's hard to pick between Outsiders and, um, and Bright Lights for me, but uh, I think the very tight... Um, limited gameplay of bright lights just pushes it a little bit over for me. So as a, like a primarily guardian player. And then once you lost old and you picked up Dromai for quite some time this year at its surface, doesn't look like it had a lot to offer you class wise. Did you still enjoy the sets and the games um, from what the sets did provide you? I think that's that. Well, first of all, that's a great question. I don't think I'm a primarily Guardian player anymore, although I do enjoy disruptive decks and decks yeah. that make my opponent guess and force them to play in ways that they don't want to play. Um, Guardians accomplish that in one specific way, but one thing that I've realized is that I've been playing a lot of Azuri lately. Azuri does that in a pretty obvious way because they're not sure how she's going to disrupt you. Yeah. she comes in dromai does that in another way because she presents you with a lot of threats that you may not be able to handle and old prism in retrospect did that really well as well that's something that i didn't really appreciate yeah um until playing more illusionist so i think as i continue to evolve as a player you know i'm i'm personally becoming a little bit less class specific and uh, it's been a good year. Like Oldham leaving the format did do a lot to help me grow as a player, even though it, you know, made me very sad. Yeah. How about you though? Like anything like that for you? Like Icelander left, but has Riptide completely. Yeah. Like I was, up? I was uh, an Azalea player for a little bit in yep. the early days. I really enjoyed the, 
all the things that you could do as a ranger. Yep. Um, I mean, you eventually come to the conclusion that you're basically jumping through a bunch of hoops to do the same thing that another hero just has to play a card to do. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. Uh, and I enjoyed that because it was totally different than everybody else. Uh, way yep. different feel. So this, as we've kind of talked about, this year had two sets that had heroes or classes that were really interesting to me in Illusion and Ranger. Yep. So I quite enjoyed the the first, you know, two sets of the of the year because they gave me a lot to think about and a lot of things to tinker with and try. And I am a big fan of new things. So I had a lot of fun with a lot of fun with those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. So we'll move on from here and just quick uh, look back. And is there anything that in particular that you're especially thankful for as you look back at the year and all the great memories that we had? There's a, a lot to be thankful for. You know, we have a great community. I'm thankful for how positive and supporting our community is. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, yours and mine friendship that's grown with the advent of this podcast that we get to spend a lot of time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you teach me a lot of things all of the time, and I'm very grateful for that. But the the biggest standout for me, I, I keep harping on the, on the family thing, honestly, is my wife, Yvonne. Uh, without her support and my acceptance of what I do in this hobby, not just playing it, but, but supporting the community, yep. um, judging without her and what she's um, and her support, I wouldn't have been able to play as much fab, enjoy as much fab, create these friendships with these people that are playing this game, go on these road trips. You know, I wouldn't be here without her. So that is what I'm truly thankful for the most at uh, at the end of this year when it comes to yeah. fab. Yeah. How about and, and for myself, um, just to echo what you said, incredibly thankful for the great community that we have here for the community that briefly adopted me, uh, when I was traveling, uh, out East. So to the community of Moncton, incredibly thankful for being so welcoming and, uh, and, you know, becoming very good friends of mine as well. And, incredibly thankful that the game is around that it continues to grow even though it could be growing a little bit slower than it did um that it seems healthy it's going to last for a long time that we can continue to play weekly um and sometimes give us an opportunity and an excuse to travel together and do fun things um wherever that may take us so yeah yeah really really awesome I guess for our next topic, uh, what are our plans for the IP2 podcast next year? Yeah, no, it's been quite a year of learning um, for both of us uh, Mm -hmm. for the IP2 podcast. So we have quite a few different ideas bouncing around. We have been asked, are we going to go to video? I think we can get there. you know, both Shay and I being new to making podcasts, we do rely on edits quite a bit in post-production just because, you know, we mess up and have to restart stuff. And once you add in video, too much jump cutting and all of that, it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. I don't know about you, Shay. Like, <laughs> As we've been talking about it, I've noticed it more and more in stuff. <laughs> oh, no. And... <laughs> yes i'm like oh i'm like it can be fixed with better trans with transitions and stuff but yeah we it's it's a crutch the editing is a crutch 
Uh, we're not professionals. We're, we're hobbyists. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm a trial by fire guy. So the only way we're going to get better is if we change and force ourselves to get better. Yep. There's, there's also the fact that um, Shay's computer points in the middle of his house. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll need to figure out something because I have a nice basement. Like no one bothers me, but Shay's getting harassed by his cat. Like there's all kinds of stuff going on here. We'll, we'll need to, uh, we'll need to figure something out for that. Which we, people like Adrian have mentioned before. They can't wait for the cat to be on the podcast. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it'll happen in the, in the new year, but yeah, it is. You know, I brushed it off at the beginning, like, oh, it's no big deal to the family. It's okay. But it, it you know what, it, it does impact them and what they can do for this, you know, yeah. hour to two hours to sometimes three hours that I'm taking up a big portion of my house that's very open here. So the living room bleeds into the entranceway, into the dining room, into the kitchen. And, you know, asking them to not access those areas so that we can have as quiet a recording as possible it has had you know has some consequences to, to family life and again that's another one of the reasons i'm so appreciative of yvonne and what she allows me to do and sometimes you know we record pretty late at night and so it makes yeah. it a bit easier uh so yeah yeah so that's on the docket and just thinking about the pace of episodes like do we want to keep it weekly or do we want to make it more of a bi-weekly thing and focus more on the interviews where i guess still discussing a lot of those different things we're definitely going to move forward and very excited especially for highlighting more international guests some of my favorite episodes are just connecting with people across the world uh, to see how the game's doing in their area what makes their different countries or regions unique because the more we talk to each other, um, you know, everyone that's interested in the community aspect of the game, uh, the more tips and tricks and lessons we can we can take from each other. I, I think, too, that's where we shine. We shine yeah. in our interviews. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to not bring boring judge discussions on our off weeks to stuff. So I think, you know, the script writing that Felix does uh, for our guests uh, is is amazing and we've done quite a few interviews this year and i feel like on a whole between guest versus not guest the, the bulk of our really good episodes are guest related mm-hmm. and so i think that's something that we should definitely lean into as well and i guess the one other thing that i'd like to work on personally and i don't know how because it requires more effort than we're already putting into this uh you and i are not very good at social media nope uh we're just we're not Twitter people. We're not, you know, and being I think a podcast primarily, it's harder to be engaged with our listeners. Uh, so you know, with maybe doing video that we get more traction on YouTube, that we'll get more interaction with, you know, people more more engagement. That's what I'd like to work on, and I'm not sure how to do it because, like I said, I, I know it's going to come with more effort, but. I do like to like go in, look to see if there's comments or questions and there isn't. And, you know, I'd like to have more of that level of engagement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree with that. We have, um, man, we have listeners from all over the world, which I'm incredibly thankful for. I, I take a look at the Spotify and the Zencaster um, download regions. And we have people from Australia, New Zealand, Germany, 
in the Nordic countries uh, as well as North America. And I'm blown away that uh, <laughs> that people all over like that would would listen to us. And yeah, very interested in having a, a two way conversation. Um, we have received both individually some very lovely private messages, which is awesome. If there's anything, you know, both Shay and I are very approachable, always, always up for chatting about local communities or swapping different tips or tricks or, you know, riptide uh, ideas for <laughs> Shay anything. only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're going to wind it down here, Shay. It's uh, almost an hour, but before we go, it's uh, winter break time. We're going to take a bit of time off. What's uh, what are some things that you're going to do? Uh, well, after I'm done work tomorrow, I'm off for two weeks. So I'm really yep. excited about that. Um, spoiler, my kid's getting skates for Christmas, I think. Ooh. Uh, so we're gonna, I hope to spend some time on the ice with her to help teach her to skate. My back is going to suffer horribly for it. Um, but she, something she wants to do. Her best friend has, uh, a rink in her backyard. So I think she would like to catch up in skating skill. And this is one part where us being Canadians is very apparent. It's fairly common <laughs> yeah. for people to have backyard rinks here and for people to skate. It's not uh, not uncommon yeah. at all. I can't. I, I never learned. Uh, were you a big skater at any point in your life? I play, well, yeah. I In elementary school, I would yeah. skate a lot. I never played hockey or anything like that, like officially. So all my skating was done, you know, either after school at nighttime or during school. But yeah, I I really loved playing shinny hockey as a kid. So skating is fun. I mean, it's not like it's a necessary skill, life skill to be able to skate. But there are, you know, times in life where I think, you know, friends are going, I don't know, roller skating or Christmas parties where their skating happens. So it's nice to have, but... You know, I don't think it's necessary, but it's something she's interested in. Definitely always want to help um, support her in the things that she's interested because she doesn't ask for a lot of things uh, for something right. like this. So, yeah, definitely want to help help nurture that. How about you? Yeah, I mean, same theme. Uh, I'm going to now that my project is more or less wrapped up and all the traveling I look back and I realize I've become very unhealthy over the past couple years and some of that is somewhat excusable because a lot of flying, very tired, time change. But at the end of the day, there's no excuse for just uh, letting one's uh, personal health get into a bit of disrepair. So I have started biking again, um, just indoors. And I, for now, am going to transition into it as the weather gets better in the spring to outdoors more regularly. I have to say indoor biking trainers are amazing. The, I had no idea how sophisticated um, they were. Um, now there's smart trainers where you can just hook up your outside bike uh, to, and you can play like an MMO game on your computer where if you're going up a hill, the trainer will ramp up the resistance and you're pedaling harder. And as you go downhill, it'll coast and you can coast a little bit and you can race against other people and it's really cool it's really engaging it's no longer just uh you know being very bored pedaling on an exercise bike and the best part it's it's my own bike so when i'm done i could just uh take it out of the trainer and throw the back wheel back on and and have at it so yeah i'm gonna do 
a lot of indoor biking over the break and hopefully continue that on. Nice. I think also too, we're going to spend, Vaughn and I want to get back into board games. We've been in a yep. bit of a lull um, for, for that. So board gaming is really important in our family. And I know when my sister comes out um, next week, sometimes she's going to want to play some board games. She's always asking us to bring board games or what we're playing. So it should be, it should be fun uh, time to get back into board games. I do miss them. There was, uh, I think time earlier in the year where it was tough to yeah. to set out a board game. Cause like the, it's not the commitment of playing the game. Like that's fun. It's knowing that you have to set it up and it takes a while. And if you got to refresh your memory on rules, there's a bit of rules reading. And then when you're finally done the, you know, hour and a half to three hour board game, you got to put it away cause it's your dinner table and tomorrow it, it's, it's got a function for that. So that was a bit of a lull earlier in the year. So, but I'm feeling better and uh, really excited about getting back into some board games this, this winter. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for me, flesh and blood has completely replaced board gaming or not right. completely near completely. So my engagement with the hobby has just been trying to sell my extensive <laughs> board game collection, right. which has been somewhat successful. It's still a, a slow process and uh trying to get rid of stuff on Facebook marketplace is like one of the circles of hell. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's going, um, do you, do you have like a level of games that you want to get down to, or there's just sub games you want to keep forever? Like what's your sort of like goal to get to just out of curiosity. I think it's just one of these things to be realistic. Um, there are some games that I am pretty personally attached to, uh, for one reason, or another there are games like war of the ring um which i just have amazing memories playing um mm -hmm. you know whole day sessions one game lasting eight hours with a friend you know light versus shadow who's going to win uh yeah so there are a few games like that there's a, also a few games that i think i can get back to the table with a more casual group um which i think i'll keep but man like all of those heavy euros like the Lacerda games, the mm -hmm. the games that take five players and four hours to play, and they're only for dedicated board gamers. Those are the games that I'm trying to get out of my collection because I, I figure that if I'm going to play those board games at this point in my life, someone else is going to have them. I'm not right. going to be the person that that brings them anymore. Yeah, in in my heyday of my collection, I would like to have two copies of a game not like not the same game but the same yep. type of game yeah one that's more casual so yep. something you know we're on a shorter night or it's friday and we're all tired after like a long week of work we just play something in 45 minutes to an hour and a half and then have something again similar that's crunchier that's got some more depth to it and more choices um but yeah like fortunately i'm still able to play games but i even even that goes in waves like you know one of my best friends just had a had a son a couple of days ago at this point and him and his wife were um, a big part of our board gaming lifestyle and uh i feel like that's gonna go to the wayside for a little bit here yeah so yeah this any, stuff happens yeah any other plans for the winter break before we wrap yeah. up yeah i'm going to catch up on some video games i have not really been able to play much over the past year i hear baldur's gate 3 is really good 
and and people keep talking about certain characters that are really cool so i am so behind i don't know anything about the game i cannot wait i feel like the board or the video gaming community that's listening to this would be screaming at both you and i because i also haven't played it and have Mm -hmm. been really tempted as of late to get it because i'm like if it's this good i don't really want to miss out uh, on an opportunity to play a game that's this amazing so i've also been sort of like eyeballing it as well thinking about getting it you wasted all your video game money on starfield and diablo 4 it's true i did (laughs) and i didn't play them for that long (laughs) i mean i I mean i mean i got my money's worth you know the dollar per hour i got my dollar per hour that's Uh, i'm at 50 cents per hour with starfield but i haven't finished it yet. really okay yeah yeah i'm over 100 hours or so for it so but i don't know maybe i'll if i have time uh, over this winter break, maybe I'll jump back into it. Um, yeah. And then I got one other objective on my list. Uh, thanks to you, uh, I have a lot of bulk sorting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier in the year, I gave Felix, I, I don't even know, hundreds, thousands of cards. It was for community. too many cards. Too many cards. For the community. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take these. I'm going to make some decks and we'll hand them out to the community. I was like, cool, because they're sitting in my house doing nothing. And he's like, there's too many take them back yep there were too many cards like 20 so, plus boxes like pizza boxes yeah like the 3200 count yeah yeah so i do have a plan for them i think i'm going to strip most of the rares out of them uh, and a few commons so that i still have something to offer to people yep. and there's a couple of people like uh, alexandra and carl who are taking bulk for community members as well so i'll try and maybe pawn off the chaff to them if they'll accept it because it's a lot of cards I don't. I can't store it in my house. It's way too much. Yeah, bulk bulk is a curse. It's uh, it's great to have, uh, like one percent of the time. It's hor- horrible to have the other ninety nine percent of the time. It's yeah, it's a real burden. Yeah. It's funny because I've definitely missed it. Like I hate to say it because I really was like, yeah, it's out of my house. It's gone. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, but there's times where I see somebody like asking for three ravenous rabbles and i'm like man i have like eight thousand of those i could just give them to to this person nope i can't because i don't have any oh i want to build a commoner deck but i don't want to sleeve it so i don't want to use the cards that are reserved for my cc and blitz i would just go grab some bulk whip a commoner deck together and go riffle shuffle it without sleeves because it's hilarious nope can't do that because i don't have the bulk so I'm glad to get a little bit of it back. Um, so it was weird to actually miss it. So, yeah. yeah. The last thing on my list is just uh, tinkering with some electronics. You know, I'm I'm not at work. I'm, I'm still an engineer at heart. I have to have some weird projects going on. Um, I think the, the thing that I want to do is a bit of a home server. Mm-hmm. I've been accumulating a lot of data over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, this podcast is not helping, by the way. So I've always <laughs> yeah. wanted to just have a bit of a NAS um, built up with some dedicated hard drives just to put all that stuff on. So fingers crossed it's not going to blow up. Um, I've never done anything like this before. So yeah, I like yeah, having you're... a project or two uh, going on. Yeah, I'm sure it'll go smooth. You're a smart guy. You'll figure it out. Well, we'll see. Uh, Linux scares me. So we'll... Uh... We'll try. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. Well, if you're still with us, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners, like truly, like 
yes, we do this for ourselves. And if nobody listened, we'd still be doing it. But we truly, truly do appreciate those of you that are spending your time listening to our podcast whenever you can. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for an incredible year. Uh, I hope you have an amazing winter break, or if you're on in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, Happy New Year and have a good <laughs> summer break. And we'll see everyone next year. Check out our YouTube at IP2Podcast, our Twitter at IP2Podcast, and Blue Sky at IP2Podcast. Thank you. You just told me uh, about the phrase, what was that? You got it, Pontiac? You got it, Pontiac. I, I still don't understand. <laughs> You'll have to explain it more to me. I mean, Ugh. I don't think I really know about it myself anyways. We just looked it up, but it is origin is a Pontiac commercial. So, Yeah, and I don't think Pontiac exists as a brand anymore. No, they don't. No, no. okay. Fun fact, anyway. my first car was a Pontiac. What kind? Sunbird, 1989. 89 mm. yeah i can i can picture the color was it that like dark blue yes nailed it yep <laughs> it right. had like pop-up headlight caps they were awesome i love those things i i remember fondly uh my dad's uh Celica from growing up um those those were good cars um don't don't miss having to crawl in the back seat though uh yeah the old the old seats that only like the backrest flips forward like ten percent and you have to squeeze through. Yeah. Yeah. Some some things about the old days uh don't miss most things, I would say. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not where um, I expected the start of this episode to go. What are we gonna be talking right. about today?